Yes, we are live. Common Knowledge Podcast. Just a man doing the best he can with what he got. And right now, I got a very special guest, uh, vice principal at a Memphis City school. Also, creator of DopeTeacherGear.com and a member of the greatest fraternity and the greatest chapter of the greatest fraternity, the Kappa Omicron chapter of Phi Beta Sigma, Blue Phi. You know. Got my homie Julius Blackburn. What up, brother, man? How you doing, man? I'm great, man. I'm, I appreciate you for having me on here, man. I'm, I've been watching for a minute, and I'm happy to be on. Oh, man. I, brother, man, I greatly appreciate you, man. Now, you, look, before we get into, like, uh, my questions about <laughs> teaching and the struggles that the Memphis City School have, tell me about DopeTeacherGear.com. You just told me about that, man. Like, what, what is that about and what you're doing with it? So, um, DopeTeacherGear.com is a a store, online store that I started. Um, just honestly, I, I my wife she's an entrepreneur, so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to her. Oh, that's my email. Mm. Let me turn that down. I'm sorry. <laughs> wife, you good, man? Wife, look, work never stops. My wife is an entrepreneur, and so watching her kind of fulfill her dream really kind of you know the bug jumped on me. I love creating, um, you know, art on on a computer using Illustrator and things like that. And it just made me really realize, like, wow, I do all my stuff for my school and everything. And I was like, why not? Why not, you know, push my passion to push the message that I'm really trying to push for educators? Um, why not, you know, turn it into a business? And that's what I started doing. So what y'all selling, man? Like, so if I go sell- to DopeTeacherGear.com, what, what, what can I pick up? You can pick up the sweatshirt. It's called the, the Dope Educator Sweatshirt. That's our number one seller. Dope um, man, people buying it like crazy. We have T-shirts with, uh, you know, specific sayings that we like to say in education. Um, I like the word dope. Dope, you know, I love how, like, you know, us as Black people, we know how to take a word and flip it and make it make it mean, you know, something <laughs> pretty different. Facts. And so, you know, we took the word dope that, that started out as, you know, when I did research on it, man, Dope really meant like a person was ignorant. You're dope. You're ignorant. Mm. Then it turned out to be the drug. And then we took that meaning and flipped it to make it mean it's so cool. It's, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so I like how it sound. I like how it rolls with educator. So I was like, you know what? You know, dope educator, dopeteachergear.com. All right, well, I'll be buying one of them shirts later, man. Hey, bro, that's what I'm talking about, man. I appreciate it. I mean, you gotta support each other, man. Like I said, if I can't buy a t-shirt, man, what kind of what kind of brother am I? Uh, moving along, though. So <laughs> you working for the Memphis City Schools, man? And so, on the outside I, looking I in, don't it's not it's not Memphis City Schools. I work in Memphis, but I work for another oh. organization within. Oh, really? So not Memphis City Schools. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I worked for them before, but I work for another another organization within so th- Memphis. Does Memphis City Schools still exist as an entity? It's so what, what they did a few years ago, I want to say 2013 or 2014, they collapsed Memphis City Schools and then turned it into Shelby County Schools. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That, but did. that's a whole nother conversation within itself because instantly once Memphis was absorbed into Shelby County, all of these different municipalities came out of it. So you got the Germantown, Carrieville School District, all these other mm-hmm. districts that were that, that were a part of Shelby County became their own districts. So, you know, funding went there too. You know, not to get on that too much, but the thing about funding is, okay, I'm I'm ignorant. And I realize I'm ignorant to a lot of things now that I'm older. Like, I didn't realize 
how funding was done. Because, I mean, I was stupid. A lot of people are stupid like me, but they won't admit they're stupid. I thought, like, a lot of funding came from the federal government. But I'm coming to find out now that only 8% to 10% of funding actually comes from the federal government. So that means all the other funding comes from, like, state and city. uh, And I didn't know how the money got there. And then when I found out how the money got there, I'm like, oh, man, the system is screwed. (laughs) No wonder. Right, right. Right. Man, so... Yeah, so you hit you 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 hit the nail on the head about how schools are funded, um, and of course it goes back down to property taxes. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm be honest, man, through, throughout this conversation, I'll be dropping book recommendations because I feel like I teach kids, and so when it comes to adults, I'm gonna give you the the information to if you really want it, you go get it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So yeah, so like our, you know, a lot of the school the funding comes from the local taxes and um property taxes specifically so just imagine if you're in a neighborhood where the property taxes are down or you don't have ownership or anything like that just so like that's why you have so many you know title one schools that receive federal funding because they don't have enough money to to make up what's title one what's title title one is is basically is additional federal funds to help support the school pretty much um it's like a low income like a certain number of kids have to um they have to get free or reduced lunch in order to qualify and all these other things. He's basically saying that the school has a high number of, you know, students in poverty and mm. there, and it's basically a, an, a way to try to level the playing field, but it's not leveling the playing field. I, I can see that. Uh, so basically you're kind of hitting on what I thought, but I didn't know because people always told me like the quickest way to a better education and, raising up like the bar was home ownership and i never knew why until like i found out how schools were funded i'm like yo really is this how we fund the schools because i mean i remember no child left behind and how big a kerfuffle that was like oh man they're making everything based on test scores but then i'm like that's only 10 (laughs) percent we complained about 10 what about the other nine yeah and so man and that's that goes to what we were saying earlier on the bonus content that you'll get uh, later on. But uh, that goes about how certain groups of people know how to shape the narrative so well to where you you, you start focusing on what they're saying the, and not looking at the whole picture, you know. Um, you know, but, but I believe this. In order to change the system, you know, I believe in change from within uh, and not necessarily just, you know, if I have never, if I'm, you know, never taught or never did anything like that or never, you know, was in the school system and coming in and changing it, you know, there are some nuances that you won't, that you won't see, you know? So I believe in, you know, changing it from within. So that's my ultimate goal, man, is to, is to, you know, learn as much, be a sponge, soak up as much as I can. You know, that includes not just learning instructional practices, but like learning how the system is created because, uh, I can't remember who said it, but they, but a person said that um, systems are built to get the results that they get. Facts. Like you don't get a, you don't get a result outside of how the system was created. So and, what you do you know. think is the biggest flaw in the system right now? Like, Ooh. all right, first, well, let me ask, don't let me assume, because uh, you're in Memphis. Are there any problems that need to be exposed? Because all right, the narrative about Memphis is, I'm just going to put it out there. It's a hood city full of rapscallions. 
<laughs> and uh, seriously, I mean, that's, that's the image people get. Like, yo, bullets and barbecue is what we known for. <laughs> bullets and barbecue. Like, seriously, that, that's like what it is. Bullets and barbecue. Like, that <laughs> is real so ever. <laughs> just hey, might man, have to look, get shot when you get them. Look, I'm going to have to open up another uh, online store and call it bullets and barbecue. <laughs> hey, man, that's a million dollar idea right there. But like, what are the problems facing Memphis City Schools? At, well, no, I'm sorry, Shelby County School. Okay, I can't even say that. What are the problems facing Memphis education entities? Hey, so honestly, that's a that's a loaded question because it's it's, it's multiple problems, you know. Um, but we can start with funding because we throw money at the military and we got the greatest military in the world in the history of the world, and we and and our budget reflects our priorities. I posted that on my Facebook a while ago um, about how our budget faces, you know, that it's a moral document. It tells us where our priorities are. Mm. And um, clearly education is not a priority because the first thing that gets cut, education. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, teachers, and I'm going to advocate for my teachers because I, I mean, because we would, I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't have both mentor teachers and if I didn't have people that I helped, you know what I'm saying, um, along the way. And so like, they deserve to be paid more. You know, there's something about having a little bit extra money where you don't have to worry about where my bills getting paid, where I can actually focus and not have another job. And I can focus on my lesson plans or I can focus on, you know, really doing everything I can to provide for the students at, you know, at need. So it, it comes down to, to me, funding. Um, it comes down to mindsets of individuals working into in the system, you know, because contrary to popular belief, people think people think that our students need to be saved. They don't need to be saved. They just need a fair and equal shot. Man, that's man. That's what I was hitting on. Like the narrative is like we gotta come save these kids. No, man. Us. Like, come on, bro. No, see, that's the issue. And the crazy thing about you from Memphis, so you know, game peeps game, man. Facts. And so, kids know. Kids, man. Kids will tell you, especially today, man. When I was little, you know. You know, it wasn't shame. You weren't shame to get whooped and stuff like that and all that other stuff. So, you know, we kind of were a little more compliant. But these kids nowadays, they'll tell you and they'll let you know. You know what I'm saying? They know when you run a game and they, they watch if you keep your word. You know what I'm saying? If you lie to them, they're going to remember that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Like, for real. For real, man. I think about some of my students. I got I to make sure I don't throw no names out there. But I've been called out by, by some of my students, some of my middle school kids. You said you was going to do this. You never did. You don't care. And it's like, dang, I did say that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, little things like that. Like a lot of it, a lot of it goes to the mindset of individuals who enter the profession. They think that because you get summers off, that that is worth, you know what I'm saying, doing. But when you working, you working as an educator, man. I think but, it's a shame, man, that any educator has to like go out of pocket to buy any supplies or anything. That's like a slap in the face. Uh, also, money is an issue because if you're stressed out about your private life and keeping your lights on and your family, you're not going to really put all that attention into my family. You're not going to treat, because you got your own problems where and you a damn fool. You think like your stress from your outside life doesn't follow you until your, your stress working. So yeah, I want all my officers, <laughs> police officers and teachers, like them folks need all the money. Like before we even get to anybody else's money, give them their money. Police officers, teachers, give them that. Right. So I look at it like this. Um, Think about an airplane. And when you get on a plane, if you depend on where you, you know, who you fly with, um, I'm not going to, yeah, 
They say before you think about putting an oxygen mask on anybody else, you got to save yourself. Facts. You know what I'm saying? And so if I'm not my best self, it's impossible for me to be my best self for someone else, especially at work. If I'm not my best self, you know, if my needs are not taken care of. And too often, educators are expected to constantly give, 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 Mm. give, give. You know what I'm saying? Especially our teachers, you know, they give, give, give. And rarely are they, you know, poured into, you know what I'm saying? Do we, do we pour into them? And I'm talking about with needs, like money and stuff like that. Like we got to get, we got to call it what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you, when you are able to, when, when you're not thinking about how the bills getting paid or when you're not thinking about, you know, what your child needs, you know what I'm saying? You can focus on what, what another kid needs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of the nature of it. Like, yo, I'm really worried about my kid. My kid can't eat too. Now I got to worry about this kid here at school that can't eat too. Right. <laughs> that's double stress. It is. Yeah. It's, 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 it's stressful. But man, but I'm going to say this. It's the most rewarding profession in the world, man. Like, I think about my kids and I think about the ones who made it out of the situations that they were in. You know what I'm saying? And... Like I got a, I got a young lady. I'm not going to say her name, but she's in the air force learning to be a pilot. I remember, man, she told me, she said, she said, Mr. Black, well, they used to call me Mr. BB, Mr. BB, I'm going to be in the air force and I'm going to fly, I'm going to fly planes. And I just remember her telling me that. And I used to always like remind her of that. And, um, you know, like, especially when she would get, you know, get off or whatever. And, you know, I would, you know, kind of remind her of that. And man, to see her now, because now we're able to be Facebook friends because she's grown now. Facts. But to see that she's like taking steps to be there, to do that in the Air Force, doing everything. You know, I got another student. Um, he's at TSU right now. And he's, you know, he's, man, man, he's doing great. Like, and he has so many obstacles that he had to face. And to see him, and he's, a, and he always bragging about he's a future educator. You know, he wants to be a teacher and all this. And I see my mentor teachers congratulating him. I'm like, man, you keep on. And it, it's just amazing to see where they are now. And, you know, I feel good to know that I had at least a little bit of a, a influence in that in, in some of my students. Well, you know what? Not to get too much uh, off the subject, but I would say there's only few people, me personally, when I was a member of the, well, I'm still a member, but when I was, on the yard uh, at UT Martin that I actually lobbied. Like, actually went to, like, yo, man, <laughs> you should be a Sigma. <laughs> it's only a few people. It's only a few people. Dead, dead serious. Like, dead, dead serious. It's only a few people who could ever say, I personally went up to, like, yo, hey, man, <laughs> you should be a Sigma. And you was one of the few people because I always saw something in you, man. Like, dead serious. Not trying to make this, like, a weird thing, but I was like, man, that guy right there, yeah, he needs to be a Sigma. So, you and a few other people, uh, but like I said, I'm glad that you can actually influence at least one person. Right, right. To, to do something. Cause that, that means a lot, dog. What made you want yeah, to like man. actually get into teaching, dog? Seriously. Man, so look, man, this, this story is about the man. It's all right. So look, I, I actually had no intention on getting into education in college. You know what I'm saying? I actually was a biology major at first, and then I flipped and I was just like, man, what do I want to do? Because my mother, she's in the medical field. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, she always preached that, like, people going to always be sick. So you're going to always have a job. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that was where I initially started. You know, I actually liked the science courses and all that stuff. Um, 
Fast forward, I graduated. I had my degree in sociology and psychology because I liked studying psychology and sociology. I really like, honestly, studying it. I thought I was going to get into law enforcement because my um, my internship was with the Union City Police Department. <laughs> you Crazy, it. ain't it? Yeah, in, 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 in Union City, Tennessee. Yes, that was my internship. But I honestly say I had a an okay experience. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I haven't, I can honestly say, because I'm going to be honest on both ends. If I saw it, I'm going to say it. And if I didn't, you know, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see any like racial profiling or anything like that, even though I read some news later on in, in a few years, you know, later after that. But um, so I thought I was going to take the, the, the law enforcement route, you know what I'm saying? Graduated and I got a job as a corrections officer, man. Oh, a CO, bro? See, oh, man. I, was, I, was Rick, I was Rick Rossing it out, man. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I'm gonna say, you know, I truly believe that our uh that where we like our like the journey, you need to pick everything up you can from the journey. Because what it made me working at working there, it made me realize a few things. It made me realize number one, that first off, ship the jail is a holding facility, they're not convicted yet. So technically they're they're innocent. You know what I'm saying? Now, some people stupid mm. and they'll, um, they'll, you know, snitch on themselves and all that. You know, they do it for the cloud and all that other stuff. But you got some people in there, man, who are actually innocent, number one. So just think they get out after a year or so and they lost their job and everything. You got some people, man, when you hear the stories, you be like, wow, man, this, these people, no wonder why they did what they did. You know what mm. I'm saying? And then you got some people who just, man, they're just terrible people. But what I used to do, man... <laughs> I used to, I used to, I, I realized I hated it because I, I felt like, man, I'm a black man in a, in a jail pod with people locked up in, in cages, essentially. You know, the toilet is right next to the sink. The toilet is sitting on top of the sink. So when you flush the toilet, man, the water from the sink goes down into the toilet. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and then it's, it's, it's meant for one person, but you got a bunk bed. And the, the food looks horrible and just, you know, you, when you hear the stories, you know, I'm a relational person. So when you hear the stories and, you know, I just realized that I wanted to be on the other side of that. I don't want to get to the people when they're in jail. I wanted to get to them before. And so, you know, I, I used to start sneaking my practice test book in my boot and going in 201. See, hopefully I never had to work at 201 no more. So if they see this, you know, they choose <laughs> not to hire me. <laughs> Look, yeah, for I those y'all know, 201 is the biggest. Uh, prison, well, jail, Memphis. jail, because yeah. it's before jail. prison. Sorry, jail. Yeah, yeah, hold it in Memphis. So that's what he's talking about. Two hundred one. For those of y'all don't. Yeah, know. yeah. So, so when you hear two hundred one, if you're from Memphis, you know what I'm talking about. But everybody yeah. else is not in Memphis. Two hundred one is uh, two hundred one Poplar. That's the oh, address. address. Yeah. That's the biggest. That's the biggest uh, jail and detention facility in, I believe, Tennessee. But, um, but yeah, I know my story getting long. Long story. No, you good, man. Keep going. You got. Cool, cool. It's good content right here, man. I'm telling you, go, hey, go, boy. you got it. <laughs> I appreciate it. So, look, long story short, man, I, I worked there, man. I, I I took my experiences from there. I was miserable because I hated it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just gonna be honest. I I and I and I got a lot of old classmates that that came out the same year. That's still there, and I'm rooting for you. I love you. Stay safe. But it wasn't for me. <laughs> and it's okay to realize something ain't for you. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And uh, man, I uh. I snuck that book in that doggone cell. Now, certain floors I went to, I wouldn't read the book because, man, somebody gets stabbed, somebody get cut. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and they coming to me. What were you doing? Studying. 
This man's terrible at his job. Right, look, man. And so, man, if I was on one of them gravy posts where I knew, man, I was in there with, man, folks that was in jail because they had suspended licenses and stuff like that, man. I was reading that book. They knew to leave me alone. Every 15 minutes, I get up, do my round check, make sure ain't nobody dead, and get right back to studying. After about two months of doing that, man, I took the test, passed the joint flying colors, and then, man, I had my first interview, landed it, and I was working for Chevy County Schools, man. Man, you know what? I'm glad you're doing something that you want to do. Because uh, I ain't going to lie, without putting too much of my business out there, I've made a couple of visits to 201 Popular. And the most, uh, the most popular meal there is that bologna sandwich. Man, that bologna sandwich, terrible, man. bro. Look, that and then, but, but, but the beautiful part about it is, man, people know how, like, like people can make, like, great things out of nothing, man. I think about, like, this, and I hope this ain't a terrible example but i'm just gonna say it because it came to my mind so i think about like the food that they get at, at, at jail and they would save certain things and they would take the noodles and they would take the man all of the stuff and they would like man find these miraculous ways to heat it up and just do all this stuff and they make these things called chichis and uh it was just it's crazy man and it, i don't even want to go in depth about it but man when i say them folks would go crazy when it came when it was time for them to get them chips and all this it ain't nothing but a big old fancy nacho plate Cause they put it all on top of nachos and them folks being there eating and man, having a whole feast. And it reminded me of slavery about how when black people would get the slop and we would get the man chicken wings. Now chicken wings are served at the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like I read that man, like over a billion chickens were slaughtered for, for chicken wings. You know what I'm saying? How, you know, black people were given um, chitlins. Yeah. And, man, turn it into a delicacy where, man, folks out there, I don't eat you, I don't deal with it, but, you know, hey, but I, but people eat it. And you got companies that literally sell chillings and make millions off of it. You know what I'm saying? You know, all of the cuts of the meat that people didn't want to eat, we turned it into, like, man, we, we just, we, 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 we know how to take nothing and turn it into something, man. Yeah. And all we need is an opportunity. You give us an opportunity, man. And, a, and if you level the playing field, level the playing field. I'm not saying put me ahead of you. I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying? I don't even, I don't, I don't want to step. I want to be on the same playing field. Yeah. I just think the opportunity, like I said, the opportunity is what's going to really help. Like all that other stuff is just extra, but I just need the opportunity. And just to put a bow on this, what do you think, could level the playing field for uh, the uh, education system in Memphis. But funding and, or even if it's funding, how do you think we can get uh, more funding in general? Man, so so here's the thing. People, they're not going to want to take from, you know, from what they have established already and give to someone else. Because you got to think, people of privilege often feel like that like it wasn't handed to him. And so like I have to like, and this is where I have my this is where I have my struggle a little bit. Because looking at it from a perspective of I worked hard, I did this. Yeah, you might have worked hard, but when you work hard from, you know what I'm saying, starting at zero and I'm starting at negative 10, I gotta work <laughs> twice as hard to get to where you are in short amount of time. Yeah. And yeah, you zero, started actually. Zero. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they started where they started, but at the same time, you know, like we had, we were talking about people with hundreds of years of a leg up on an oppressed people. 
And then you had a nerd to say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And Martin Luther King said it best. He said, how are you going to tell a person that's bootless mm-hmm. to pull themselves up by the bootstraps? Yeah. Now we got the boot, but we ain't got the straps. We ain't got the strap, the boot, barely socks. You know right. what I'm saying? And if we're going to use Memphis, the reason why I love Memphis so much, man, is because I see how we have a culture of our own. Memphis is a culture in itself, man, the language. Jump mean about 50 million things. And I ain't on how you say it. Man, you she can be a junt. That could be a junt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and it's so many different. And, and it just speaks to like the resilience of, of our people. And, and the reason why I say Memphis and to go back to your question about the uh, the education system, of course, money, uh, equaling, you know, leveling the playing field. I think about how if you take Poplar and you start on the west side of Pop- Poplar toward downtown and you keep on driving. It goes from high poverty to million dollar homes if you just keep on Thanks. driving. You know what I'm saying? And, and it goes from black to white. If you keep on driving down Poplar, Poplar is that street that you can literally see everything. You can see prostitution on one end of it and you can see prosperity on the other end. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so to answer that question is, I believe personally, if you pool the money Take all these municipalities and make it to where the funding is being equally distributed to all the schools. And now you have because you can't because you by going off of property value and property taxes, I'm sorry, by going off property taxes, you're naturally going to always get scraps to the school, to, to the inner city schools. Because they're not they're, they don't make enough, they don't pay enough in taxes so you're going to always have to offset with other funds, which is not going, which is going to be the bare minimum. So we have to, we have to, it, it boils down to the money, but people don't like to hear that. People hate Okay, now, now here's the thing, right? You just said that. I'm going to play devil's advocate, right? right. So what somebody's going to say is, well, if they don't pay all the taxes, then why should they get most of the money? I love that. I love the voice, man. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the thing is, if you really think... I want to make sure I know what I'm speaking on. So I'm going to say this with a possibility that I could be wrong. If you think about it, and I think about all these tax cuts that people get, that the wealthy people get, okay? If you think about taxes compared to income, poor people are paying more taxes than rich people are. What? But but people don't think about it from that because you got so many write-offs. They're just the fact that they have the knowledge to know what to do. It's so mm-hmm. many people... There's so many people in, in, in bad situations that don't even have the knowledge to understand how you can write certain things off. I'm still learning about it right now. And I'm like, dang, I didn't, I could have did this all these years. I could have took the interest of my student loans and applied it right. to my taxes. I could have did. The knowledge you know gap I mean? is really killing us too. Like uh, a lot of people, uh, I'm not even saying by race, I'm just saying poor people in general, like poor right. and underserved people. The knowledge gap, the things we don't know. And that's why like, when I first started talking about this education thing, I'm like, look, I'm, it, I'm an idiot. I don't know. That's why I'm listening. Like, yo, what can I do? Because I'm not in it. But I think uh, a lot of us, once again, we get too old and too ashamed to be like, yo, man, I'm stupid. <laughs> Tell hey, me, me what I need to do. Hey, look, but here's the thing, man. We are all ignorant about something. And until you realize that you're not going to have the, you're not going to have knowledge on everything. You know what I'm saying? It makes it so much easier for you to finally admit like whatever it is that you're, you know, lacking. 
Because, man, I don't know anything about business, but I holler at my wife. Hey, baby, what you think about this? I know, right? <laughs> she shoot it straight. Baby, that's dumb. Okay. All right. Okay. Got to dust it off a little bit. Hey, baby, what you think about? Okay, that's a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then what I learned is, man, get around people who can pour into you. And the team, and, is, strong. And the team is very, very, very essential. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Get around people who can who pour into you and that you can pour into as well. But you can't be you you can't be constantly draining yourself. You know, you got to be around people who can pour, who can pour into you and you, you're able to pour into them. So yeah, man, it's just one of those things. Um yeah, man. It, it, education is it's it's so I read a book. Um it's called uh is it Rich Dad Poor? No, it's called Why C Y A Students Work for C Students. It's by Robert Kiyosaki, I think that's his name. Yeah, same guy um, who wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad, yep, yep. Yeah, same author. And there's a statistic in that book that stuck with me, man. He said education is outdated. We're 50 years behind. 50 years behind. He said that. Edu- that that the school system, that schooling, because education is a great thing, but the school system is behind because first off, it was meant to to produce w- workers in a factory. It mimicked the the factory, bell to bell. You work from one bell to another bell. A bell told you when to go to lunch. A bell told you when to go back to work. A bell told you when it was time to go home. We do the same thing in the school system. We produce people who are compliant. We don't produce a lot of people. Who think, yeah. who think again, who push, you know, push the boundaries, who who don't mind um, conflict, who will go go in a conversation and with, with the intention of disrupting it in order to make it better. And so, like, he talked about how, like, C students were the people who are the innovators. And a lot of times A students are those who are compliant. Who do now, that, that gets to my point, mind. though, I want to make like. You're in the schools, the curriculum yep. that's being taught. Like, all right, one, the the the, the things of, well, I could learn how to do the Pythagorean theorem, but I never <laughs> learned how to do my taxes. You know, it, 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 that's always like one of the stats. Like, I learned a lot of stuff in school that I didn't know. Is there anything in school curriculum in general that you think being inside that we need to change to get it to that, that point where we have more free thinkers and people who actually can, like, innovate instead of just being compliant? Well, yeah, I mean, I think every school, I think we should start teaching like personal finance at like, man, once once a kid starts getting allowance, we need to start learning them, te- learning them, teaching them how to uh you know, the, that was the ancestors that came out. Look, the ancestor came out. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start teaching them how to manage the money. I, I wish I had that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm fighting urges to not get, you know, to not want to make certain purchases. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think about like, yeah, Pythagorean theorem, I understand that like it's a standard, you know what I'm saying? It's a standard and according to the test and all these things, you need to know how to be able to do this. But I don't think that tells me who you are as a human being. You know, it tells me that, you know, this standard, you know, now I I believe that like you should be well-rounded and should know, but I feel like we should start specialized. Not, well, I don't want to say specialized because I don't think, because people can change their minds. But I feel like we should give more practical uh, knowledge. Like, man, people should know about taxes. People should know about compound interest, the, the, the you know, why that's so important. You know what I'm saying? Stuff that, stuff that like wealthy families teach their children to keep them ahead of the game. 
while we learning the Pythagorean theorem, that was that was you know, you know we that I that honestly, my cell phone if I open the measure app, it can do the exact same thing. You right. know what I'm saying? We can give to, me the measurement also, and show me titties. Like, come on, my phone does it all. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, hold on. like, bro. <laughs> Here's another thing, though, man. You can, like, what you, what you, when I said the cell phone, a light bulb just went off. We have so much technology that we need to learn how to get our, how to have our students use that technology and become critical thinkers. Mm. You know, how do I use this tool to advance civilization? How do I use this tool to, man, create the next 5G, to create 10G? You know what I'm saying? How do I use this tool to create time travel? <laughs> we need How do a, I man, use, Oregon, you know, you preaching. Preaching right, back here, I hear you. <laughs> but it's real, man. Like, that's what I would like to see. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm here because, man, like I said, change has to come from within. You know, you got to be, you know, we can't, we can't expect another country to come over here and solve our problems in this country. We got to do it from within. And I feel like in the school system, we got to do it, but we got some innovative people doing the work. So it's only a matter of time, man. And this pandemic has really, really, really like, like put the, put the lens on everything. Well, how is it like being an educator during the age of COVID? Like what innovations are y'all coming up? with to kind of uh, help the kids not get too far behind? Or is there something more that needs to be done to help the kids during this uh, trying COVID times? All right. So in all honesty, the we, depending on where you go, you'll get a different answer. Okay. Mm. I feel like with the resources that we have at our school, we're doing the best we can. And unfortunately, the best we can is not enough. And we we acknowledge it. We recognize it. We understand that some students, you know, it, it all requires you to have a device, a, a device that's updated and you have to have Internet connectivity. Well, going back to what we said earlier. About poverty and all this other stuff. Hold on. My computer is about to die. Let me get my. Yeah, it's man, I got the technology. Didn't think to plug it up. Wow. And didn't think to plug it up. Look. Talk about creative thinking. Talk about being an innovative thinker. I'm, I'm sitting here not plugging up my... I saw that red light pop on. You know how that red light look on that MacBook, man. Oh, man, facts. As soon as that jump time you know, on, you better, you better hurry up, get to it. Yeah, you got four right, minutes. I think, I think I'm on. Yeah, look, my bad. I apologize about that. But yeah, man, um, you got to have technology. You got to have internet, which means you have to have money to be able to pay uh, Comcast, AT&T, or whoever. And then you also got to man, have a, an area that's distraction-free in order for you to sit down and actually Very be crucial. able to focus. You know what I'm saying? So many times I popped in the classroom, you got parents walking behind students and Lord knows what, you got kids, you got, they're the caregiver of their, you know, siblings. And so they stopping, teacher asks them a question, they on mute, they come off mute and they yelling at their brother. You know what I'm saying? Like little <laughs> things like that. Man. But like these are, but the, but the crazy thing, what I love about it is it's really showing us where we are. And the thing is, you can live in denial if you don't know where you are. But when you know where you are, if you if you choose to live in denial, that's your problem. You know what I'm saying? Like we acknowledge at our district, man, that like we we, we don't have the best cards, but we're going to do everything we can. We're going to raise funds. We're going to, uh, you know, acknowledge the, the, the tech, t- technology gap. We're going to acknowledge the fact that our that on that same street. 
if you keep on going down Shelby Drive or keep on going down Poplar or keep on going down any of those other streets, it, the internet is way faster than it is where we at. You know what I'm saying? Um, the computer, the brand, the computer goes from a, not to knock one brand, but it goes from one brand to another type of brand, a high-end brand, as far as you go down that street. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so we have to understand that, like, we have to give our people what they need. And what they need is not necessarily a, a, like we need to give them the tools they need to be able to do the exact same thing that our white counterparts or our more affluent counterparts, what they have. All right. Now I'm, I'm going to segue into this. Answer the question. You ain't got to answer the question. It's cool. But what that you just being said, it got me thinking about the new proposal to have a $15 minimum wage, which I'll go on a record saying I'm all for. I think minimum wage should be $15 an hour. Cause right now the, if I'm not mistaken to be over the poverty line, you need to be like around $12 an hour. Right. So that being the case, $15 an hour, if you work 40 hours a week can actually put you above the, the, the poverty line. line. You might have to work two or three jobs to do it, but if you get 40 hours, you're good. Uh, do you think having a $15 minimum wage will actually help a lot? Yeah, because it's, I think it will because what it's doing is it's putting more money in the pockets of people. Like we got these multi-million billion dollar companies that's man giving their shareholders all these dividends and all this money. Facts. And we can't raise our we can't raise the people making them money. We can't raise their wage to a livable wage. And I love the word livable wage because every everybody I know that makes less than $15 an hour got another job. They do. Yes. So when so when the prior administration, that's what I'll say, when they were telling, you know, and, 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 you know, talking about how jobs are, ex- it was because you were counting people that had two and three jobs. You know what I'm saying? You count the gig economy, you count all these other things that, that people have to do. If I choose to get a second job, it shouldn't be because I have Survival. to get one. Yeah, it, it should be because I want to make extra money. So in, in June, I want to go to Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do what I got to do in order to do that. And if I choose to do that, then that's different. You know what I'm saying? But like, man, you got people who literally, if they don't get four hours of sleep so they can go and do two jobs, two different jobs, go to one job. then And this is what I see on a day-to-day basis with some of our parents at our school. We try to get them up for a meeting and they got to work. And if it's not within their time frame. They can't do it because if they go to this meeting, they run the risk of getting fired from their second job, which would put them further behind. Mm. You know? Um, and so I agree, $15. I mean, it won't fix all the problems, but it, it's, it's a, good, a start. good start. It's, it's a, a good start. start. Damn good start. You know, it's a it's it was something I read on um something I read on Facebook, I think, where they were talking about. A teacher, she got on and said that a person making fifteen dollars an hour would make the same amount as a teacher, and that's then raise the price. The, the, the obvious answer is pay teachers more. I hate so, that but, argument, but, bro. But why are we trained mentally to look at what another person is making and compare it to what we're making and say they don't deserve to make that much because they'll make as much as I make, rather than to say, "Wow, by me raising the, the minimum wage for this person." I need to be fighting for me to go ahead and because I do, I, I'm a huge advocate for, for teachers. So yeah, pay them more. Pay us because more. Because at students. our core, we're haters. Like seriously, at our core, most people are <laughs> knuckle dragging, bottom feeding haters. Because like, look, you're going to hear all these arguments when you start talking about like $15 minimum wage. Like, oh, well, I don't see why somebody flipping burgers should get that much money. 
Why? Because he's working for his money. Like, one thing this GameStop situation exposed to me, though, that yeah. a lot of these folks ain't as smart as you think they are. They just man. out here, man, like shuffling funny money and getting money and just getting dividends. But you got yeah. somebody out here actually working, slaving away to make that shitty burger for you. And you're like, nah, they don't need $15. Come on, bro, because you a hater. At hey, our I, core, we all pocket-watching, knuckle-dragging, bottom-feeding haters. Haters. That's what we are. Hey, I bet that burger be 10 times better with that $15 an hour minimum wage. Bro, you know how much care and love if I'm going to that burger now, bro? <laughs> in that burger, man. Seriously. Like, bro, that burger going to be fine now. Like, yo. Man, look. It's going to be like a picture. Man, that burger, man, look. They going to take a bite of that burger and be like, man, look. I'll be back tomorrow and the day after. I said, this burger is made with love. Man, I'm telling you, man, because we, because look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm paying a lot of attention to energy a lot lately, man, but like the energy I'm around and the, the you know, the people I, I, I hang around. And man, I truly believe a lot of that, a lot of that negative energy and all that comes from, and like discontent. I don't even want to say discontentment. I'm just going to say not having what, what we need. Often, you know what I'm saying? I agree with what you said about people hating. Why are you worried about what I'm making? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you worried about what another person is making? Man, I remember when I first got my job, the minimum wage was five twenty-five an hour. Four seventy-five for me. I'm a little older. Oh, <laughs> I remember four seventy-five. Oh, no, like, can you imagine? Like, can you imagine how much time you have to work in order to get a full tank of gas? <laughs> like, have you ever like started to like? I now I start to like. I, you know, I read a lot of books. I started to like now trade time for things instead of money. Yeah, the time is because way now, because now make you think, the money. Yes, it make you think twice about spending it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, my boy Willis got got the plug on the Jays. I every time they come out, I'm texting them. But then I think about how much time I got to work to to get them pair of shoes. I'm like, no, nah, I'm straight. Yeah, let's say the Jordan Elevens. Then I might, but. <laughs> You know what? Them 11s are fine. I'm not going to lie, dog. Right, right. I'm not going to lie. Like, between the 11s and the 4s for me, like, you, you can talk me into it. I'm, anti, I'm diametrically opposed to Jordans myself. Like, I won't buy any. But if it's the 11s or the 4s, I, I, like, I had to stop myself. Like, eee. Maybe. Yeah, them 11s, man. I got, I got, yeah. Yeah, but I don't want to take away from conversation. But yeah, I, but that's, but that's how, how, how I look at things. And that's, and you know, of course, I don't think I got the answers to everything, but. I do believe that, you know, we need to, it's some things need to be changed, man. Well, you're on the inside, man. And I think we all should listen to somebody who's actually educated because we all got our opinions on what, like, what we should do. I hear a lot of, like, I'm just going to say it, stupid opinions from people who are not in the culture Mm -hmm. or of the culture or not even trying to help the culture. But they'll just say, oh, well, these people are just lazy, you know. You you, you know what I'm saying. But it's like... It goes to the hater thing you were talking about, man. You know, like, and I think about everything you everything you were saying made me think about like race relations and stuff like that. About how, you know what I'm saying? The the stereotype about black people being dangerous, the stereotype about black people being lazy. How in the hell are you lazy when you built the country? I'm trying to understand that. I'm still trying to. I Yo, have, man, you're lazy because you asked for money now. That's what made you lazy because you wanted recognition and money. What you did. That's when the laziness came in. Because I'm trying to figure, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out, man. Like, like, how are you lazy when you get up at the crack of dawn, when your ancestors got up at the crack of dawn for free, okay? Mm-hmm. 
man went through everything. And people hate when you bring up slavery. They hate it because they think it's so far away. But if you really think about it, if, if man, what did I read? And it, I'm, I'm probably finna butcher this, but they were like, is you literally three lifetimes away from slavery? So if you, if yeah, you take- Like grandma? Are you serious? Like people are like, slavery is a long time ago. Like grandma? So I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. Like, let's just be real. And, the, yeah. and you see the effects. You see, it's a book I'm reading and I hadn't finished reading it called Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. And it talks about how like culturally and as a collective, we still suffer from what happened during slavery. Like think about, think about how toxic so many things are. Like when it comes to um, people feeling like, 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 for example, the excessive abuse in, unfortunately, in the African-American community when it comes to like whoopings and stuff like that. Yes. Way excessive. It started from you seeing the master on a plantation beating and breaking the person to get them into compliance. That's what it's about, compliance. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And that person, clearly being traumatized from that, carried it down to their child. And it became a survival mechanism. You do this, I'm going to beat you till you don't ever do it again because you'll get hung, you'll get lynched. This will happen. I want you to remember this whooping. I want you to remember this. And then you go to the civil rights era where they're getting sprayed with water hoses and all this other stuff. And, and you're getting all this fire hoses. There we go. And you're getting, you know, all this. And they're, you know, it's passing down. I don't want, I, it's, it's meant to, it's meant for survival. But the residual is, is you know, you get, man, trauma. You get all that, man. We don't address it. Well, I, I, I uh, remember having a conversation with uh, uh, a friend of mine on the book face. Uh and he was like, yo, we need to keep these Confederate monuments up. Most of the monuments that were made in the 60s to protest, you know, uh, desegregation. But anyway, he's like, it's a history thing. And he was like, I don't understand why, like, black people can't get over it. And my answer to him was like, dude, think about it like this. There, okay, if I just took you, and, and I'm kind of butchering this, but this is the, 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 the sentiment of what I said. If I take you right now for 10 years and just imprison you, you know, beat you a couple years, maybe rape your wife. But for 10 years, I got you. Right? Yeah. And I let you go after that 10 years. Like, you know what? My bad, dog. I was tripping. Good there you go. Yeah. After that 10 years, you had 10 years with no income, no money, no life, no stature. And I'm not even helping you out. Now, think about it. I done did that. I done raped you for 10 years. I done beat you for 10 years. But now, every time you go outside, you're going to see my picture. Like everywhere you go, like reminding you of the beating, of the raping. What, what I did. It's a symbol of reminding you where you are in society. And people don't understand that, man. It, it, I'm, I, give, I give you a, an example to go with that. Constantly seeing representation of your people as criminals, as mm. man, all these negative stereotypes. And you do, and you rarely see positive representation of who you are. You it know what I'm saying? If I, I didn't, like, look, man, I'm a rapper, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, more production now and acting, but I stopped saying the N-word in my raps when I came to Japan and I saw them trying to say, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I made a big mistake. <laughs> like, you know what? We had an N-word form at UT Martin. I don't know if you remember this. Remember we had, yeah. yeah, we had a use of the N-word form and I was the guy defending the use of the N-word. I was the guy. Like, look, man, this is why we should say I was a guy and I made some damn good arguments and I still can make intelligent arguments to why black people can use the N word and you can't. However, in order to take that argument off the table, I made a decision like, yo, I got to stop saying this. 
<laughs> I got to because I see the effects of it. Like, yo, right. the hell with how good I can explain it. It ain't about that no more. I got to stop saying it. And when I came over here, I was like, yeah, done. <laughs> done. Right. I, I mean, I mean, look at look at how hip hop has dominated mainstream society now. And you have uh, the younger generation of white students, white people, not students, but white people who don't understand the magnitude. They hear it in a song and they like, shoot, I'm saying it. And then somebody pop them in the jaw and they looking like, what? 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 I'm just rapping. But they don't understand. You know, and they don't understand it. And it's like, you know, yeah, what we're saying is it resonates with us differently than it resonates with people who's just listening to it. And so they don't fully understand the weight behind it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I slip up and say it periodically. You know what I'm saying? Especially in a heated conversation and, and I'm talking to, get, talking to another dude we, we heated, I might say it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, I try to be mindful of using it because, you know, I'm in diverse settings. You know what I'm saying? And when I'm in a setting, when I'm in a room, and I'm talking to folks, you know, and there's a lot of cursing that go on in a lot of my settings that I'm in. But I, I try not to use that word because I don't want nobody to ever feel like it's okay to say that around me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want them to ever feel like it's okay. So my thing is, I'm going to hold myself to the same standard that I expect. Exactly. But that don't, mean, that don't mean that in black spaces, though. But that don't mean that in black spaces when we talking, you know what I'm saying? It, it's cold switch for a reason. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's problematic in itself that I, because the way I talk shouldn't, shouldn't have anything to do with my intelligence. But, you know, that's a whole nother conversation in itself. But, I mean, when I'm in a black space in a safe place where I'm with my people, my friends and things like that, yeah, it might come out. And it don't mean, and we mean it in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, context safe- matters, right? Like, context is where it's come from. I can't call your beautiful wife for saying your baby. It's going to be an issue. <laughs> If I call her baby, you're going to be like, yo, bro, what you doing, bro? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, so context matters, bro. Like, nor can you call my significant other honey. Like, hey, honey. I'm like, yo, bro, you need to calm down. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Look, conversation go from laughing to real quick. (laughs) Like, bro, I need you you to calm down, man. You you up here. I need you to bring it down here. Bring it down. Bring it down. Chill out. Right. So, definitely. All right, man. I don't want to leave on uh, a heavy note, man. So, before I do that, what do you think about the Super Bowl? It was born. All right, uh, yeah. Okay, we agree on that. We can move on. What do <laughs> you think about the halftime show? Because <laughs> we agree. It just was booty. I fell asleep. So look, I'm being honest, man. I was I was up like up all night, and man, I was already tired. And when that man came out looking like he was looking for something, and everybody had underwear on their face, I was like, <laughs> I said, "What the heck is this?" It, it looked like I'm gonna tell you what it looked like, uh, man. <laughs> 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 It looked like it was about, man. I'm gonna be honest, I like the weekend, man. I'm gonna say, look, what gave what got me on the weekend was Drake uh loving the crew. Remember that song Crew? Yes, I do. And that boy came out there on that, man. I was like, he don't say loving the crew, but the boy so bumping. I was like, I okay. And he got a few other songs, but I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling that. And somebody said something that was so real. They said, matter of fact, Jeremy, the Sigma, you know, Jeremy, uh Yeah, the Sigma. Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. Right. What's up, Jeremy? <laughs> What's up, Jeremy? <laughs> this is what he said. He said, man, he said, um, he said that the weekend is a he's a he's a pop singer, but he talk about some dark stuff if you really think about it. I can't feel my face, all these other things. Like he talking about some real stuff. And he can't be muted for you to really appreciate what he's saying. You know Yo, what I'm this saying? Was, this, this, so, what was, I'm t- this is what it was, dog. This is what it was. The weekend. All right, first, let me go on the record. I said 
The halftime show was booty. You can go on Facebook. I said the halftime show was booty. It's I not the weekend. The weekend was great. He's a great singer, but that show did not fit the venue. Like that oh. show was a show that I would like to see in an intimate atmosphere in a concert. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to see a show during halftime. I want like look. Let's talk about like the the greatest halftime shows ever. Like the Beyonce show. She was out there giving it to you, singing while dancing in nine inch heels, giving it to you. Like uh, the last year's Super Bowl, the old baddies. We had uh, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira out there still oh, popping yeah. in at 50 years old. That was like a show. I don't know how that became politicized. Man, that was so awesome, man. Like, seriously, 50 years old? They, they doing it. They did that. They, they did that. That's what I want to see, man. Not, not the weekend, not dancing. Because, I mean, look, the Funhouse thing, all right, maybe I get, you know, you was talking about cocaine <laughs> and you're in the Funhouse moving around. But, like, that remind me of the... Uh, what that Super Bowl was Super Booty? The, the Coldplay Super Bowl. Coldplay. It's like, dog, this shit ain't good. And the only thing they say the Coldplay was Beyonce and Bruno Mars came out. They had to bring so both like, of them. Yep. Like, dog, Bruno Mars had a good show. Yeah, but you know, Bruno Mars is, man, you know, he a performer though. But the, but yeah. those people are like not performers. And I don't think that Weekend is a is a performer like that. that He's scene. not. He's a good singer. Which like I said, the man can sing his butt off, right? I would go watch a Weekend concert, but for that venue, just didn't match. Like, oh, nah, yeah. nah. You're killing the vibe. Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, I guess you're right. But I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna tell you what they did do right though. When they put uh her and she did uh she did the song, what did she do? I think she did Lift Every Voice. I don't, I don't know if she did Lift Every Voice. Yeah. I can't remember what she sang. But she sang beforehand and then Jasmine Sutherland brought the house down with the country <laughs> dude. Killed it. <laughs> she killed it. She killed it. They should just let him play guitar because she killed that jump. Hey man, that was smart as hell though. Like seriously, I see what the NFL did on that. Was like, look, they tried, they, they, they tried to kumbaya it out for a minute. They did. Look, I saw that was smart as hell. I, said, I mean, a lot of people confused as hell. Should I kneel? Should I be like, I don't know what to do? Ah. <laughs> the black players was about to kneel, and they said, "Hold on, Jasmine, okay." <laughs> look, the white folks about to walk out. They heard yeah, the guitar. Like, like, everybody confused. Everybody confused. Like the NFL thought that went through. That was a chess move. I was like, well done, Rod. Well that done. Was Jay- no, that was Jay-Z, man. That was Jay-Z and them boys. Oh, you're right. Rock Nation. That's what it was, man. That's what I think about. I think about all the stuff that they're trying to do now. And I think about how, like, everybody gave Jay-Z hell for, for going to meeting with the NFL. You're right. And, they did. And and if you and you look back, man, it's, it's, it's chess, not checkers. Now you look at this and you see how the NFL is really trying to take strides to, to, to do that and um, to, you know, promote equality i don't like the word equality though i'm gonna be honest i know i'm, go- I'm going back heavy i feel like everything is back heavy i like the word equity give me what i need Ooh. you know what i'm saying i don't I want you. i don't want the same thing you have because my needs are different than yours you know what i'm saying i need equity i need you to give me what i need in order to be successful Ooh, so, i'm still in that yeah man hey you know you know man i stole it from somebody i just don't remember who i stole it from yeah, well, i remember i stole it from you you hear, you hear me say <laughs> Go ahead, post like yeah. He, he got that from me. Yeah, man. And so and so yeah. Just thinking about all that, but they did. I mean, Jay Z. Jay Z. He. I think he. He was thinking ahead. He was thinking about like what he can do. Of course, and then it's a money move. Jay Z. Gonna be an owner of a team pretty soon. Facts. Can't be. Facts. Can't be surprised. You got to think about it, man. You know, he's one of those people who came from the street and learned. Took all of that. Took that hustler mentality. Took all of that. And man, he's making it work for him. 
All right. Last question, man, before I let you go and uh, spend time with the family and what's not. Right. Are you still vegan, by the way? Yes. How's that going, man? So I'm going to say this, man. That's not my question, by the way. I just wanted to ask you. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. My wife, uh, we were talking. She just made a post today about how, um, about how like being plant-based and all this stuff. You know, so I'm gonna say, well, I, well, I gotta say, I gotta say no because I had something that that like had milk in, it and I didn't realize and all that other stuff. And so, what happened was, man, my job did some did something. These crackers, man, they, them butter crackers. I ain't think anything. Oh, I think something else. Like what? Like what? Yeah, you can't I, say that, Jude. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I like, oh, you are crazy, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious butter crackers. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, but, like stuff like that. But yeah, man. I and. I'm not as meticulous as my wife is. She'll look at every ingredient. You know what I'm saying? Me, once I get hungry, my mind start, you know, I, I, I start to slow down. So I just start grabbing stuff. But um, so in complete honesty, but yeah, it changed my life, man. I had, my wife made a post today about how she was sick all the time and she made a change for her health and how, you know, she hadn't had to go to the hospital, hadn't had to do anything. I was pre-diabetic, man. Yeah, man. Doctor told me my blood sugar was high. My A1C was high. Man, you know, I I, I eat good, man. You know, I eat real good. And uh, I just had to realize it's what I eat. I got to eat the right things. Mm. And so, and, you know, you we talk about how we lift weights and do all this other stuff. But, man, you you putting putting bad gas into your engine. You know what I'm saying? And then when that just start to <laughs> start sputtering. Crap out. You wondering why? It's Wonder diet, why. dude. Like, people always ask me all the time, like, yo, how you stay in shape? I'm like, bro, it's diet. Like, di- yeah, diet is 80% of it, bro. But, man, we got such an unhealthy relationship with food. Fact. Like, and I'm I'm still, I'm still battling with that, man. When I get frustrated, the first thing I go for is some Twizzlers, man. Uh, you know, living in Japan helped me a lot with that because I didn't realize, like, how ridiculous the American portions was till I got over here. Like, right. things are so portioned out size-wise that when I went back to America to visit, I couldn't finish everything on my plate. I'm like, ugh, man, y'all, y'all eating this much? Really? Like, seriously, it's not healthy. I, w- I wonder, well, you know, you know, they call the American diet the sad diet, standard American diet, sad. Ah, we, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it fits our lifestyle perfectly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we eat like crazy. You know, everything is around food. Everything is built around food. Yeah, every social event is based around food. Yeah, let's go out and eat. I'm still fighting. I'm still fighting this. Uh, still fighting this. Um, this battle of trying to get my relationship with food right. It's, it's crazy. How about right there? But anyway, <laughs> that's the Common Dallas podcast, man. I want to thank my homie Julius Blackburn for talking to me, bro. I'm gonna let you go uh, spend time with the family. Oh, tell a man about the, the project you got going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Look, so make sure you uh, visit dopeteachergear.com. That's my my passion project. Uh, we 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 create dope teacher gear for the dopest profession, which I believe you know our teachers. Um, we got everything for everybody. So black owned business, small black owned business. I'm my only employee right now. So go ahead, support me. Um, and when you check out, use two dope, and you'll get like ten percent off. So. Oh man, need the discount. There it is, man. Coming out this podcast, man. We out.